Episode 20, How China Formed, an Ancient Civilization That Keeps On Learning. Hello and welcome to Stuff You Missed in Chinese History. I'm Patrick Flannery. What is China? China is a community. Your family is a community. Your parents, together with you, consist of the smallest community. China is a bigger one with a much longer history. So to understand China, we need to know how the country formed bit by bit. Over the past 19 episodes of this podcast series, we've learned that the territory of China was not a fixed area throughout history. Some scholars even describe it as a moving country. China underwent a long process before becoming what it is today. Some areas may have been Chinese territory before, but are no longer, while others were not in China before, but they are now. So when we discuss China, we should keep an open mind. China in Mandarin Chinese is Zhongguo. Zhong means middle or center, while the word guo originally meant city. Together, the original meaning of Zhongguo referred to the central city. Its earliest use happened on a wine vessel during the Zhao Dynasty over 3,000 years ago. The words read Jiaizi Zhongguo, meaning we settle our home in the central city. Originally, the central city was like the moment you drop a stone into a pond and concentric circles immediately begin to ripple out from the point of impact. The meaning of Zhongguo, or China, extended to the Yellow River Basin and to the Yangtze River Basin. Later, more provinces in the northwest, northeast, and southwest were included, resulting in its territory becoming bigger and bigger. Think of China as a concentric circle formed over past dynasties. We know there are four ancient civilizations in the world, Mesopotamia, Egypt, the Indus Valley, and China. But only the Chinese civilization continues to this day. The Chinese claim to be descendants of the Yan and Huang emperors because they can then be sure that their ancestors are ancient Chinese. During such a long history, what force has sustained China? To summarize the view of many scholars, three forces have kept China from dispersing. Political control, commercial networks, and a language standard. The formation of these three forces began in the Qin dynasty, which unified the country. Qin Shi Huang, or the first emperor of the Qin dynasty, implemented a series of unified measures, including using the same laws to rule the country, the same currency in transactions, the same routes to facilitate moving goods for trade, the same written characters to communicate. Together, these all helped the cultural community of China to slowly form. Following our previous episodes, we now have a much better understanding of how China formed. Looking carefully, we can find two keys to understand the formation of China. One is called the Central Plain and Nomad Barbarians. The other is China and the West. Let's start with what the Central Plain and Nomad Barbarians means. During the formation of China, there were two major civilizations, agricultural and nomadic. 
These two civilizations were different, but after long-term mutual exchanges through political, commercial, and cultural integration, they communicated and complemented each other and formed an integrated Chinese civilization. The second key is China and the West. In fact, this is more about the relationship between China and the rest of the world. Even though exchanges between China and the West began early on, it wasn't until after the Opium War in 1840 that Western culture began to affect the Eastern Kingdom. While China failed to win the Opium War against Britain, this conflict opened China's door to Western trade and culture. It also pushed China to join the world system, and its influence cannot be overstated. We can even claim that the social lifestyle of the Chinese people today has been forming since then. Today, Chinese people write from left to right, but the opposite was true in ancient times. Pens or pencils are used today instead of brushes, and the Chinese also use Arabic numerals. These are just some of the changes resulting from the Opium War. Therefore, the communication between China and the West greatly affected modern China. Throughout this series, we've learned that China has gone through difficult development. China has also faced challenges from the West. As we mentioned in the last episode, when foreign delegations visited China, such as Britain's Earl McCartney, the Chinese emperor was a bit arrogant. Emperor Chen Long felt that China already had everything, so there was no need to trade with the UK and other foreign countries. He was more accustomed to the tributary trade system through which the Qing dynasty could give foreign envoys highly valuable gifts. There were no equal exchanges. The arrogance of the Qing dynasty would later draw retaliation when some merchants from Europe secretly sold opium to China. Later, a large amount was captured and destroyed by the Qing government. This incident struck a nerve with foreign businessmen who were angry with not being able to trade freely with China. These businessmen persuaded their countries to send troops to China and fight the Qing dynasty. At that time, various advanced weapons of war like guns, cannons, and warships had been developed in Europe, but the Qing dynasty had outdated weapons. Therefore, the Qing dynasty was frequently defeated and had to let Europeans come to China to do business freely and even ceded several cities to them. The longer the foreigners stayed, the louder their voices got. Later, they even expressed their opinions on who should become emperor. The Qing dynasty was so angered by this, it ordered the members of the Boxer Movement, an anti-foreign group, to attack the foreigners. As a result, the foreign powers triggered a counterattack and were soon defeated again. Later, the Xinhai Revolution broke out and the Republic of China was established. Through negotiation and compromise, the last Qing emperor abdicated and the Republic of China agreed to treat him well. Since the establishment of the Republic of China, the country has opened up and joined the international family. In the beginning, China was a newcomer and was suppressed and restrained. However, the affairs of the country were no longer only China's business, but were closely connected to shifts in global power. With such a deep history, China ushered in a new era. From the integration of the Central Plain and the nomads to the exchange between China and the West, this ancient civilization discovered its own path of development and believes that openness is the last word. The story of how China was formed is over. The country has experienced turbulence and combined diverse cultures into a unified civilization. That's all for this podcast series of Stuff You Missed in Chinese History. We want to thank you so much for listening. I'm Patrick Flannery. We hope you'll tune in to other podcasts in the future. Goodbye for now.
Did you know that a heavy rain was responsible for the demise of a dynasty during which the Great Wall was built? Italian merchant and explorer Marco Polo finished his masterpiece about China in prison. An emperor proclaimed African giraffes as magical Chinese unicorns. Follow the podcast "Stuff You Missed in Chinese History" to learn more fun facts during the past few thousand years in this country with Patrick Flannery. Special thanks go out to Sanlian Zhongdu for their help in creating the content for this show. If you like the podcast, please give us a rating and be sure to subscribe wherever you listen.